This is Sylvia Schneider and Diana Balbar with Equinely Inclined, the equine podcast for the internet horse community. Episode 188, meet ex-jockey and OTTB trainer Roy Sturgeon. Recorded on June 13, 2019. Brought to you in part by Pondside Digital Media with online strategy consulting and advising by sylviaschneider.ca. And this episode is also brought to you by you, our listeners, through your generous Patreon donations at patreon.com slash equinepodcast. Thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Sylvia Schneider. And I'm Diana Belbar. This episode will include... A little bit of chit-chat. Excitement in the barn. <laughs> Meet ex-jockey and now off-the-track thoroughbred trainer, Roy Sturgeon. And some information about the other things that are going on. There you go. Yeah. Hey, Diana. (laughs) We didn't get a chance to record last week. It was just too darn busy. What have you been up to? (laughs) Well, it was a busy weekend for me. Mm -hmm. It started with a heritage event in Shore Park on Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. And the library was presenting a shadow puppet theater history of sherwood park (laughs) oh that sounds like fun you guys have some fun programming that's for kids but i guess it would appeal to adults too it was supposed to be for everybody but i left there at 1 30 to run home and get the horses ready for pony rides at the barbecue oh so so it was great to see you in a social setting (laughs) at the barbecue So I was introducing new people to horses from oh. 3 o'clock to 7 o'clock. Good for you. Mm. So what ages did you have there? Did the did the parents capitalize on some of your big ponies? <laughs> no. no, I, I, I basically saw you had, you had just, Bailey there, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. So how many kids did you have, do you know? No. Well, it's really hard to say because I don't always recognize them when they come back for seconds. Oh, so yes. So they kept me pretty busy. I'd be off. I'd be mm-hmm. I'd be at the back of the line before I was even off the horse <laughs> if I was one of those kids. Anyway, it was yeah. fun. And then the local horse show was Sunday. So right. I basically packed up and left Saturday night and came back to Hastings Lake the next morning. Would have been so. convenient if you could have left them there. <laughs> I guess yeah. that wouldn't work well. Yeah. yeah. So I ended up judging trail most of the day there. Mm. So that was that was busy as well. That is busy and it, it just like it, it goes on forever and it takes a lot of time. But mm-hmm. that's really nice that you were able to help them out with that. Mm-hmm. I was quite busy all the day of the show running back and forth to the barn. But more on that <laughs> later. <laughs> and, you know, the weather was crazy that day. Like the, the night before we were really... Uh, hesitating about whether or not to hold the show because we'd had so much rain that the arena was really wet. But when we checked it out that night, because I had the ponies there, of course, giving Mm -hmm. giving pony rides. Right. I gave pony rides right through the wettest part and they didn't sink very much. Mm -hmm. Like it was sloppy on top, but solid underneath. So we decided to go with it. Did they were they able to use the entire arena for the show? Did they have yeah, to flag any no, off? Or? Uh, just a very small spot in the center that was gone by the afternoon. But mm. the weather was crazy. That it was day. it was nutters. Yeah. It was back like and forth. Like you just didn't know what yeah, you know. No. It would blow up and get cold. Your coats would be on. Your yeah. coats would be off. Your yeah. coats would be on. And I thought, oh, we're not going to make it. Well, it hasn't. Show. It hasn't been 
seen a very great June. Now, I mean, I'm happy because we've had some... We needed the rain. Well, I know, but did we need the snow, Diana? (laughs) Well, moisture in any form, (laughs) Moisture in any form is okay. But June 7th, do you know that that is the day after the last frost date that's predicted by Environment Canada? That's like the last day, June 6th, for frost. And here we go and get snow, right? Well, I got to tell you, the show was fun. I didn't get to see a lot of the classes because I was volunteering judging um, trail mm-hmm. but I did get to watch I had my just my two girls there yeah um, riding Katie Sue and and Bailey for the most part mm-hmm. and uh, Katie Sue did super she managed to get ribbons and everything she went into oh, and then nice. she ran the ran the games really very well mm-hmm. the one that surprised me was Jack we took Jack for the games mm-hmm. for, you know for the afternoon and the, you know um Nirini, when she ran the polls because that was the first event mm-hmm. Jack straight as a die galloping hard mm-hmm. up the inside mm-hmm. beautiful turn around mm-hmm. the first pole beautiful turn around the second pole beautiful mm-hmm. turn around the third pole and then ran out the side oh no and, and i thought i really thought she was going to blow it out of the water and it was going to be awesome right but she just wasn't quite prepared to to keep him yep. in, in he, he figured he was done and she didn't tell him not well he wasn't. i think she just forgot to turn him back around again i think she yeah. for, i think she stopped riding him mm-hmm. right but she's very young and very inexperienced but well, i okay. must that's say that's how we learn so she was off course but she went back and finished the poles mm-hmm. rode back up through the poles again mm-hmm. and smoked at home mm-hmm. and i thought she, i thought it was awesome that it didn't it you know she wasn't intimidated by no. the speed yeah so she's looking forward to doing well, that's, it smart tonight. that's how the kids learn uh, you know to handle speed and that is in the game in the in the excitement of the competition mm-hmm. they don't realize that mm-hmm. they're going really yes, quickly they have fun yeah. with it right it's all about fun <laughs> so that was awesome but the skies opened just oh. just right at the end of the show oh that's right and so we'd stayed okay but at that point I was soaking wet mm. and we were the last to leave because of course we were helping to clean up the arena yeah. and put all the equipment away yep and I got stuck Oh. With the rig. Oh, no. Leaving. Oh, no. So luckily my horses, you know, load and unload very well. Mm-hmm. So they loaded. We got stuck. Mm-hmm. We unloaded. Oh, no. Uh, and luckily Deb, Deb the vet, mm-hmm. um, Dr. Deb helped me get out. Mm-hmm. We unhitched mine. And we, it was to, uh, took us so long because it was sunk. So we needed... We need to brace the hitch, yes. and anyone who's been stuck, you know, it's, not oh, fun. it's like the old song. Truck got stuck. Yeah. Anyway, good song. <laughs> anyway, good Alberta song. Anyhow, she managed to get me unhitched and hitched up her four wheel drive, pulled me out, and then we rehitched up and loaded the horses. And but it made me a lot later getting home. So needless to say, twelve hours later, I was back in the same place. Yes. So it was a crazy weekend and yes. an exhausting weekend, but a lot of fun. Yeah. So that's that's it for me or show weekends that was long-winded like that. sorry <laughs> oh so what have i been doing oh i can't remember anymore <laughs> i've actually i've been watching uh the first jonathan dvd in the liberty series jonathan field mm-hmm. yeah jonathan field yeah mm-hmm. jf and uh and i've been working my pony gelding lance through the liberty exercises mm-hmm. 
You know, I feel completely rewarded. Lance is doing so much better than he was. Mm -hmm. um, he's still very startly. It's like, I wish they'd quit feeding him coffee beans on the sly. <laughs> <laughs> or oats. Uh, you know, and I don't we know, we know, he, we know he's not getting fed oats, but I had that problem once at a communal stable. So I'll tell you more about that later. Oh, going to make mm -hmm. me wait. Okay. Mm -hmm. It does sound like a story. I can't wait to hear about it. So I know you and our patrons know this already, Diana. But for our listeners, I have news about my pony mare, Sky. Yeah, spill it. <laughs> well, I was just settling down to do some work at 8.30 in the morning on June 6th when I received a call from the barn that Sky, <laughs> my 20-year-old mare, who's never had a baby before, had her baby, a little filly foal. 15 days mm -hmm. early mm -hmm. I know when I got your photo I wasn't expecting it of course so it came without any text so I was totally surprised when I finally came got without any text open. it had no text oh it was my just goodness. an mm it was just I knew it was a picture, a picture but mm -hmm. I didn't have time to open it right away so I was shocked. <laughs> yeah. yeah well I was so shocked and the first thing I asked was whether everything was okay because I thought like oh my goodness like mm -hmm. this is 15 days early mother and daughter were both fine mm -hmm. she is adorable and I think everyone at this big appendix barn is quite taken with her because mm -hmm. she's so teeny and I think we have a name for her too. How are you? Are you going to tell us? Well <laughs> you know since since I'll have had a chance to tell our patrons by the time this uh, is published oh, okay. I think yeah I will. Okay. Okay so I gotta give the backstory. There's, okay. There's always a story about this. Right. So the, the story is, is that a long time ago, we picked up this little pony that was a Welsh cross. And they said when she was first born, she was like a snowball. She was a little white fluffy thing. So they called her Snowball. Okay. And then she came back from pasture in the spring and she had some spots. So that was interesting. So anyway, they decided they would call her Dolly. And uh, so then when I was reading a story about uh, Dragon, the POA founding stallion, that's the Pony of the Americas, which is mm -hmm. the Pony Appaloosas. And they looked and they said, well, his face is just like Dolly's. And I said, oh, well, we should call her Dragon's Dolly. Mm -hmm. And so that's what she was so from then on. So that's the grandmother? That was the grandmother. Granddam. So, yeah. So she had uh, Sky. So um, we decided to call Sky. Sky, Dragon's Skyfire. Mm -hmm. Lovely now, name. Yes. And then she had a full brother, um, you know, the same stallion and the same mother. And that was a pony gelding. So we called him Dragon's Lance. Mm -hmm. So we are going to call Sky's baby Dragon's Firefly. Aww. Because actually, I should have kept going with the story. So her name is Skyfire. And the stallion's name is uh, Wolf Spider's Pride. <laughs> so we figure Firefly seems like a good combination. Mm. Oh, cool. <laughs> so that's the long story. Fun fun to name these yeah, babies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I guess uh, we, should, uh, we should get on with the interview? Yes, let's do that. All right. Well, I think it is really interesting to hear the uh, background of Roy Sturgeon. Yeah. Um, he is our person that we've interviewed, and he's got a very versatile beginning in his, uh, in his horse history. Mm-hmm. I found Roy fascinating too, and I know so little about the track. In this interview, Roy dispels some of the myths about racehorses that you may have assumed were true. So <laughs> listen closely. So Sylvia and I are here at the main event, Red Deer, Alberta, Canada, and 
we're with Roy Sturgeon. And Roy, your story is going to be an awesome one, I know. It's very different from most of the interviews that we've had with people. So how about if we just leap right in and say, Roy, can you explain to our listeners how you got into horses? How I got into horses, I rode... Truthfully, as a very young kid, and my parents bought and sold horses for a living. And we showed horses. I jumped horses very extensively when I was a kid. And my dad ran wagons. So Wow. So through... Tons of things, eh? Wow. Basically... Everything. I've done just about everything you've ever wanted to do with horses. Um, I jumped very, very competitively when I was a kid. When I was about, oh, probably about 11 years old, I showed with the French. To this day, she's my best friend. Her dad trained racehorses. So he saw me ride at a couple shows when we were younger, and Bud always told me if I was small enough and the time came, if I ever wanted to go to the track, he would take me. So when I was 15, I went to the racetrack with him, and I galloped horses that summer. I turned 16 that summer, and two days later, I was riding races. Wow. So I rode races (laughs) professionally for 12 years. Oh, my gosh. And then I got in a serious spell and basically retired me. But since then, I do now what we do. We do riding lessons at our place. We teach kids to ride. Mm -hmm. But for quite a few years, I team rope very competitively. I've trained all sorts of horses. I ran our place as a large thoroughbred training center for quite a few years. We had 70 horses in the barn year-round. So we've did That's that. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Wow. And now for my fun that um, we're just starting to do a lot more with, we actually have a program at our place called Junior Jockeys of Flying Cross Ranch. <laughs> so for charity events, we teach these kids and they race ride. And Whoa, that is fun. Whoa. So they're anywhere <laughs> from five years old to 19 years wow. old. Wow. And they race the lesson horses and they break out of the gate just like professional jockeys. Oh. Even the little ones. And, oh, my and, gosh. And we do this. Um, I was invited here to the main event to basically talk about how to retrain and reschool off-track thoroughbreds and what their actual afterlife is. Basically, some of the misconceptions that a lot of people have with them, how to go about it when you have never had one or you don't know where to start or when you get frustrated and run into issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's not just that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not just horses that find a second career off the track. It's jockeys, yeah. too. Yeah, well, Although sure. you certainly did everything. Yeah. Are there many jockeys that actually end up training horses? I would say probably about a third of them. That would go a quarter to a third that end up training horses. And then they basically do, you know, different things at the track. You know, they will go into like more of the official side or there's all sorts of different jobs there that they will take on over the the years. And I think probably too, once you're at the track, you fall in love with the track. You don't really want to leave the track. I spent 36 years there. Yeah. 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 Excellent. So when I was listening to one of your sessions... Uh, you had uh, mentioned something about in the session before how it, a lot of people said they got a lot out of what you had said because there were things that you said about how thoroughbreds are raced and how that can cause people who don't know anything about that some concerns once they get their off-track thoroughbred. Um, maybe can you tell us what's the journey like of getting an off-track thoroughbred and retraining train, <laughs> retraining? Sure. So what I said in our in our sessions over the weekend here the biggest thing you get them home for a couple of weeks and get them off the high feed and everything else that they're on because when they're at the track they're basically in a stall 23 to 23 half hours a day and they're out for very limited and controlled exercise on purpose mm-hmm. because when the gate opens they're there to run mm-hmm. yeah. they're on massive amounts of hot hot feed 
and what I said in my first session, and this probably will equate it better to a lot of people, it'd be like taking your kid and putting him in the bathroom and feeding him a full feed Smarties <laughs> and letting him out for five minutes a day. It's the same thing. Oh, my goodness. But once they get out of there and they get off the feed and, and come down, they're no different than any other horse. And to me, they're very retrainable. Now, I did hear something that you said yesterday, and it was about how people come off the track and think, to have their thoroughbred go forward, they have to kick it. Yes. And they've never been kicked. They've never had to be kicked. Yeah. Well, our legs are, our stirrups are so short, there is no way of using legs on these horses. Mm-hmm. So we teach them different ways. We, you know, as we get going, we shorten our stirrups more and more because we want to be over top of them. Mm-hmm. And we actually have a cross in our reins that it, or a bridge in our reins. And what the horse actually does, he uses the bit for balance. So the harder we pull, the harder he runs, and and it lengthens his stride at the same time. Right. You know what? I just have to interject here, too, because when I was a kid, they used to have those silly little, uh, <laughs> yep. like, ponies. Yeah, the harder you pull, the faster you, they yeah. went. Whenever yeah. you went into the mall, and it says, yeah, the harder yeah. you pull, the faster, faster they go. And that go. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But it does. No, it does. <laughs> with it does. a racehorse, because yes, they're leaning on the bit yeah. for support. No, they pull into the bit for balance. And yeah. if we, and if you're riding as a race rider, and you're running down the track, and you turn your reins loose or break your cross, some of them horses will literally stop. Like, yeah. it completely throws them off balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, even a regular horse being ridden if you drop the reins they'll usually yeah quit and then then another thing that i kind of explain about um kind of retraining them lots of times when you get on them for the first few times they shake their head a lot well everybody thinks they're crazy and they're going to run away that what they're wanting you to do is actually take a hold of them pick up the reins pick Mm -hmm. up the reins Mm -hmm. and get a hold of their mouth and Mm -hmm. that's let's go buddy yeah because that's what they're supposed to do Mm -hmm. oh that's funny right so i i I have to say the only Ex racehorse that I had any experience with was a, a, a carting horse, so, mm-hmm. yeah. and we didn't realize that he was. He uh, would pace. Yeah, he was a pacer. Yeah. Uh, until we were out going down the highway, and the fellow that was riding him said, "Well, no wonder this horse never made it on the track." Yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah. I said, "Well, hey, he's not in racing gear. Yeah, just yeah. push him yeah. till he goes." Yeah. And then he just took off. Flew by me. Yeah. What's he doing? Is yeah. he rocked back and forth? And yeah. I said, "Oh my gosh, we have a pacer." Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> for sure. But so, he didn't. He didn't pace till he actually got into racing. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. I think a lot of them are are like that. So even if you get a pacer off the track, they can still trot. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, continuing the journey, the process of uh, you know retraining the thoroughbred. So another thing that we got into a lot, and I'm, basically I'll kind of go over the most asked questions that we had over the weekend. The other big thing was leads, mm-hmm. or picking leads up and how to how to do that. And a lot of people think just because they go fast around the track, we know nothing about leads or they don't do anything like that. Leads are very, very important. When we're on the straightaways, we'll have the horse on their outside lead. And when we're going around the turns, we have them on the inside lead because if we don't, we will not make the turn. No. And centrifugal force, just the way how we do it, like we'll, we teach them at a very young age how to switch leads because it's a big, big thing. And so what we'll do is when you're going into the turn, you would shift that horse's head slightly to the outside, drop them back in and drop your body at the same time, and they'll change leads instantly. Hmm. Because centrifugal force just does it. You're going so fast, they have to. 
Yeah, and I can see if people didn't know that and they're working with a, yeah. you know, an X-ray source, it's going to be all kinds of confusion there. Well, and lots of people, too. This is the other things that we go over. Lots of people ride with their hands raised when they when they start riding them. Well, they're not used to that, and that's another issue of head shaking and fighting because you're doing something that they're not used to. Another thing that I said that a lot of people do is they way overbit these horses when they start them. You know, they're, they assume that they're hard-mouthed and they're going to run away and whatever. Well, they're not. Mm-hmm. You know, so but the more bit you put on them, generally the more they fight you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they always do say, you know, if you're having an issue, bit down, not up. Yes, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and most horses are just, they're in a racing snaffle. Yes, that's all track. we ride them in. So, while yeah. we ride them in. I did bring some different bits here to show different people what we actually race them in versus, and what I start to reschool my horses in. Lots of them are racehorse bets. They're just, mm-hmm. but a lot of people have never actually seen those bets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing that people might not know is that thoroughbreds can do anything. Sure. Like we've got, like the horse that we used here today for the weekend, he he was a $51,000 yearling out of Toronto. His racing career was not great, but he ran and he, he won a few races. And then our stepdaughter, actually, we bought him for her for a jumper, but he really doesn't want to jump. He'd make a nice little hunter, but he's huge. And <laughs> she wants a horse that can jump, jump. So we actually repurposed him to a friend of mine and he's now a ranch horse and that will be his job and career yeah and he, how long how long was the process between when he came off the track to when he started less less than a year less than a yeah. year less than a year that's cool yeah well i know myself that i always felt very special when i was up on top of a thoroughbred mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just i don't you know i mean they they are big elegant horses for sure they are and uh they're not as huge as the as the um uh, warm bloods, yeah, right. But they're very sensitive. Sure, they are. So very much. You know, so. when you're up on top of a thoroughbred, yeah, uh, they fit very nicely. They're yes. not huge. Yeah, um, they've got lovely big movements. Sure, they do. And they're very sensitive. Yeah. So. And another thing that I explained to people here today, or the last few days at the clinic, what you'll get out of what you don't ever pay for for training, like you will pay generally not a lot for these horses when their career is over then the other thing is too like when even if they've never actually raced but they've been there for a couple months you can't buy that kind of exposure they'll be you know on the track with 70 80 horses every morning there's loose horses there's runaways there's stuff flying all over the place and they just go because that's their job yeah yeah. So do you participate in any, any of the uh, challenges that are out there? Not really, not yet, but I, I probably will start. We're extremely busy at our place, so we can only do so many things. Mm-hmm. But they invited me to come here and speak, and I would continue to do so. Mm-hmm. Well, it's becoming um, more widely known that off-track thoroughbreds is a, something extra that you can do with horses. Oh, so, for sure, yeah. for sure. But uh, you would definitely need to have some experience with horses yeah. before you get into that sort of thing. And that was kind of the thing, like I talked to quite a few people here and they, they in the, over the weekend, and that's where they had issues. You know, they basically started at E on their horse and they tried to go to V all in a week. Well, it, it doesn't work that way. And they're like one lady on Friday when we did the, the first session, she says, I've been fighting f- with my horses for over 10 years and you explained it in less than 30 seconds what I needed to know. But it's it's what I do and it's all I've ever known. Right. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's second nature. Mm-hmm. But a lot of trainers, and they're not wrong, they just train horses a different way, but it's no different than us. Our horses are trained a different way and you got to reschool them, but you got to show them the steps at the same time. Right. Now, would you say that a thoroughbred is handled any differently than any other horse? Yes, for sure. 
for sure. Um, you know, like they're, you know, they're very, very high strung to start with, or you know, when they're hot blooded, especially when they're at the track. I think where some other people have issues with them, they don't put enough time into them. You know, they 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 take a lot of riding for the most part to keep them down and keep them to be the kind of horse that you want. But they will never quit. They're they not will. a weekend horse. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not for the most and part. And they are sensitive. Sure, they are. So you need to be sensitive too. <laughs> but in that's true. But in that, like in that sense too, like I was telling some people today here, like we've got one that we use in our lesson program, and he's a ninety-eight thousand dollar lawn ornament. He never started. He never even got okayed from the gate, and he's seventeen two, and he teaches little girls and he walks and trots around there and if they bring him apples and treats that's a pretty big day for him and that's all he wants to be yeah and there's nothing wrong with that (laughs) no that's great but the majority of these horses you'll pick them up for nothing to you know two thousand dollars depending on who you're talking to and you can't buy that kind of training for for the dollars that you've got in them you just can't still you should you should head yourself to a good trainer sure and get get help yeah you know you i think a lot of people if they had their the right start at the beginning would help their journey a lot quicker and a lot less frustrating. Well, like the lady you were just saying, 10 years. And yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and that actually leads me to ask, do you ever coach people who are trying to uh, work with off-track thoroughbreds to take them through challenges and that sort of thing? We've, yeah, so I've helped a few people. Mm-hmm. And we I get lots of email questions and facebook questions and i'll get a ton after this is over i think (laughs) i you know i had a guy come and ask me about maybe training some polo ponies because they've struggled with what they're trying to do and just a lot of things that i told them that it connected the dots for them Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. excellent great did you have some other questions well no but i did want to ask if people do want to get a hold of you that's a nice segue how do they reach you just to our website or facebook my uh our website is Flying Cross Ranch, or you can email us at info at flyingcrossranch.com. Excellent. Great. Thank yeah. you so much for your time. Thank Roy. you, guys. Yes, thanks. You know, Diana, I spent time on the track when I was 14. <laughs> I don't remember you ever telling me about that. Oh, my goodness. I'm full of stories today, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> well, you know how desperate we both were to be involved with oh, horses yes. when we were young, right? So I go with my mom to one of these um, mass vaccination clinics for dogs, and it was at Northlands. Okay. And so they, you know, we finished with the dog, and the dog had its vaccinations, and um, she's seeing all these horses, and I'm looking at all these horses. Horses. And she said, you know, maybe maybe you could get a job here at the track. And I said, oh, mom, I don't think so. And she <laughs> says, well, are you going to try or not? And before it, the car stopped, I had opened the door and I was out running, right? <laughs> so I went and I talked to one of the people and said, you know, is there any way I could get a job here, you know? And they said, well, you know, I know a trainer here. Let's go talk to the trainer. So, I mean, my mom was forgotten. She went and parked the car somewhere and waited for me. And I did, I did get a job there, but it was like, I was the one that was walking thoroughbreds once they came off the exercise track, right? And, and I was just a little teeny thing, so they wouldn't <laughs> give me a lot to do, but I did get the experience of being there. And I learned some things that were probably not the best, like how to pick horses' feet out from the same side, like all four. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to laugh. Kathy had the same problem. My sister Catherine had the yeah. same problem because she went down to the track I'm sure too and she was very upset that they picked all the horses feet from the same side <laughs> but um because of course you were both pony club no doubt and uh, <laughs> anyways so but it is a time saver 
<laughs> well, so and I think that was it. It was time. it was all about saving time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, speaking of time, I mean, when I got that job, I'd be up at four thirty in the morning. My mom would drive me down to the track. Now <laughs> we have something in Edmonton called the Capilano Freeway, mm-hmm. and it makes it short to get from where we were to the. But there was no Capilano Freeway, so she had to drive the long way there, and then the long way there again to pick me back oh, up again. And then I would go for track in the morning. Yeah, at school. So it was like by the time school started, I was like exhausted. (laughs) Anyway, fun times when we were young. Hey, well, you know, Roy talked about feeding Mm -hmm. of these thoroughbreds Mm -hmm. and box stalls, right? Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of an issue I had at one time. It was um, it was kind of a commonly held belief that Mm -hmm. horses needed at least a gallon of oats a day just for maintenance Mm -hmm. and I never held with that and Mm -hmm. since then they've you know basically dispelled that myth and Mm -hmm. said no what they need is to you make sure they've got the minerals and the salt and so on so on and good feed Mm -hmm. but this the oats if you just want to have a problem then feed (laughs) feed hot oats right yeah so uh this was a stable where we had all just banded together because we wanted to ride over the winter mm-hmm. and there was a stable open. And so we rented it and shared chores and, you know, we hired someone to, to take care of the stable for us. Mm-hmm. And it was probably the first time my horse Windsor was ever in a box stall. Mm-hmm. And unbeknownst to me, they were feeding him a gallon of oats a day. Oh and so one of my young students that used to go and, and warm up on her own all the time yeah. before the lessons when I got there, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, went to warm the horse up after they'd been feeding him a gallon of oats every day. Yeah. Right? And uh, oh, he turned him. I came into the arena just in time to see him turn himself inside out. Mm. And she was not on board for long. No. But luckily she, she got through it okay. And then I straightened out with them that, no, we do not want him to have a gallon of oats a day. <laughs> and he needs more turnout time. Yeah. And Especially to get this out of his system. Et cetera, et cetera. So, wow. I mean, yeah. yeah. And you know what's funny? When we were down at the Horse Breeders and Owners Conference one time, they were talking about just that at one of the sessions uh, with the Department of Agriculture, and they said mm-hmm. they had a, a graphic of a bucking horse. Yeah, <laughs> and they said, "Yes, you can feed your horse a gallon of oats a day if this is what you, you want." want. <laughs> right? And I thought, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> they anyway. kind of lose their mind. It's a, almost like cats with catnip. <laughs> yeah, or people with alcohol. I don't oh, know. Oh dear. Anyway, or too much coffee. Yeah, yeah, too much coffee, too much sugar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, you know, we continued to talk with Roy after the actual interview, and and it was so interesting. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about uh, some of the things that he has on the go? Because they're really fascinating. I love what this man and his wife are doing. Mm -hmm. So now what's the name of his ranch? The Flying Flying Cross Cross Ranch in Lacombe, right? Mm. And we always talk about the importance of introducing newcomers to the world of horses, and Roy does it in spades mm. so you have to visit his site his website yeah. and learn about the junior jockey program mm-hmm. and the riding through barriers society yeah. which helps to help some of the children that can't afford lessons on a continual basis right so yeah it's just it's amazing what he does mm-hmm. i think it's so much fun right the junior jockey program right they actually put kids on <laughs> yes. on horses ponies. on ponies yeah. on horses yeah they put them in a gate yeah they open a gate and they just, let them break it's out. a regular racetrack yeah. they open the gate and they run yeah 
you know, in a group <laughs> yeah. around the it's so I mean just just amazing. Yeah. Anyway. Well he, you saw a video of it at some point, right? But, I did, but, but I we went can't out, find yeah, it again. I went to find it and I yeah. couldn't find it. Anyway. It's like that, you know? Yeah. The web. That's the web. Yeah, no, so he has this major fundraiser coming up on August second. It sounds like he does this every year. So mm-hmm. even if people are listening to this episode mm, next year, <laughs> you know, uh, August second sounds like it's the date and it's called Talk Derby to Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so everyone dresses up in fancy clothes and the women wear like fascinators those little tiny feathery things yeah. or big hats yeah. big side basically hats they dress up just like they would just, for the kentucky just like derby they would for the kentucky derby yeah, yeah. and yeah, people bet on the horse race and, <laughs> yeah we have to book it right now we it have to get it in the like calendar you want to go for sure yeah. oh i do yeah well um i also wanted to mention another group okay performance standard reds they work on rehoming the harness racers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The pacers and the trotters who race um, with the sulkies. Um, so the harness right. racers. And yeah. they also need homes and, and jobs to do. Yeah, now the thing the is, is the thing is, is you, you don't take this on, just like off-the-track thoroughbreds. Mm-hmm. You don't take this on unless you actually know something about horses first. So don't consider yeah. this to be yeah. a cheap horse uh, project because you would probably not have a fun time in the end. You yeah, need to know and I something think you need, horses. And you need to have help. And, yeah. And they're not weekend horses that no. you pull out once a week. Right? No, yeah. you have to work with them. But if you go to W www.p-standardbreads.org mm-hmm. you can learn more about their program yeah yeah and what's the off the track thoroughbred program that we saw at uh, saskatchewan uh, well, that was the that was the challenge. Yes, the off the, the track thoroughbred uh, challenge. Yeah, the Jody Bush awesome. was riding in. Yes, yeah. and we interviewed her. Yeah, that, yeah, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Anyway, lots of lots of wonderful horses there. Yeah. So, I guess that brings us to any new events on the horizon. <laughs> I, I really don't, I really don't know about new events because I haven't done any research about them, and you know that's kind of fleeting in a podcast anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's it it's interesting that our first parade meeting for the Sherwood Park Chamber Parade, um, we we've just had that. And it's a little late, but at least there will be a parade this year. That's the Canada Day Parade. Mm -hmm. So was there any doubt? Well, at the end of last year, um, the Chamber of Commerce was extremely concerned about injuries um, and insurance, as they'd be liable for onlookers' injuries. And, you know, like they tell people... They tell the parade entries that they can't throw candy from the floats. Oh, yeah. I didn't and think they, they did. And they try to keep people back from the edge of the street, and they keep crowding it and making it shorter and shorter. And and so it gets kind of scary for the people with horses and big and vehicles. And large vehicles, yeah, big like vehicles, the Like the bookmobile, yeah. yeah. And, and so they just, you know, like, I mean, the kids are so focused on the candy, they go running out into the middle of the mm-hmm. road because yeah. that's all they see. They don't see horses' hooves. Yeah. They don't see the big wheels on the big vehicles and the parents don't seem to have the wherewithal to say hey Johnny don't do that you know it's really interesting I think that they feel that it's safe and that everyone's going to see them and that it's no, uh, no, but yeah, yeah. No. you know, whenever I'm in the parade, I'm well. Anyway, trying to stop yeah. people from yeah. uh, from being in the way when the big vehicles are coming around. Right? Yeah, I didn't think it was a problem in Sherwood Park. I didn't oh, think yeah. they allowed candy at yeah. all, but I know well, they don't. But the, but no. nobody will listen to I them, see. so they're they're going to get a little bit more rigid this year. They're mm. trying really hard to get more. Well, rigid, I so. I know in the other parades we go in uh, out in the country mm-hmm. uh, with the bookmobile, and they they do. Um, throw candy mm-hmm. but I also know that like it was problem even making the turn with the bookmobile because uh, 
around the corners that people crowd right out onto the street yes and and don't give enough room yep. for the corner yeah and the floats are throwing candy and yep. it can be pretty nerve-wracking i know that when i wasn't driving when i was walking i was continually saying the bus is coming please move back <laughs> please move you back. know yeah. horses are coming please move back yeah right? yeah but yeah it's a little nerve-wracking yeah. anyway i don't yeah. think people realize that it's you know and the organizers of parades man it takes a lot of logistics mm-hmm. a lot of organization mm-hmm. it's a so big deal people if you're going to watch a parade <laughs> stay well back yeah keep your kids back from there uh, from the <laughs> edge of the road yeah mm-hmm. well so anyway i i just thought i'd mention um news mm-hmm. um eric lamaze won the rbc class at spruce meadows yes yeah he beat out the world's leading show jumper steve gradat i saw that yeah and if listeners didn't catch the last episode the reason this is so mm-hmm. awesome is that eric lamaze is suffering from an inoperable brain tumor and he, he plans to ride as long as he can he knows that often he's uh, not able to ride as well or as intuitively as he has in the past, but... Yeah, and I think it speaks volumes that he says riding is what still gives him joy. Yeah. And, you know, any chance we get to see him ride, and he still rides very competitively. Oh, very competitively. At the top levels, yeah. and it's awesome to see. Yeah. So, so go Eric. Go Eric. Well, Diana, this brings us to the point at which I want to thank our patrons for helping us keep this podcast going. Without the help of our patrons, it would be much more difficult to get these episodes out. Oh, you know, I have to add to this that in in order to keep the costs manageable, I had to pull down another fifteen episodes to Ouch. save, yeah, to save the storage and bandwidth costs. It it really it costs money to keep them up there, yeah, yeah. and it costs the more people download, which I love, you know, and they listen to the episodes, the more it costs us. Yeah, <laughs> so okay. it really makes me sad to pull those episodes off. The, the podcast feed but they will be available to our supporting patrons as soon as I can get them loaded up and I'm actually looking at giving our supporting patrons access to them in a different way than via the Patreon page uh, and maybe opening up uh, the opportunity to more supporters to listen to the archives. So. That'd be great. So mm-hmm. if you listen to this podcast and enjoy the episodes please help us bring more quality episodes your way by supporting the podcast at patreon.com slash equine podcast. Right and this would be a great time to get in on it because uh, on being a patron because as mentioned our supporting patrons may soon be getting special access to something else we're doing that will only be available to our non-patrons at a much higher cost Hmm. so diana our community facebook group is actually doing quite well although i i need to engage our members (laughs) more (laughs) i need to help more too so sylvia and i create a personalized welcome video for each new member and we generally do that when we get together to record the new episode yes Mm -hmm. and uh, so we had a little lap so there's a few people (laughs) waiting but Mm -hmm. you know uh don't don't ever wait to join just go ahead and join and then you'll be in that queue to be welcomed in uh, so depending on when you make your join request, uh, you might have to wait a little for us to get together. Although I do try to get the episode out each Friday, mm-hmm. and we re- we could record any time from Monday to Thursday. So just don't wait to hit the join button. No. You know, it's really, it is a cozy group at the moment, but it would be great to see even more people in enjoying the conversation. Yeah. You know what? I think that I will actually pose that question. Um, do any of our people in the group ride in parades and what has their experience oh, yes, been, you for know? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> when you join as a member, please remember to answer the three questions when going through the join process. Now, there's a couple of reasons to do this. One is so that we can get to know a little bit about the member joining. 
And the second reason is, believe it or not, there are a lot of bots and fake accounts looking to capitalize on getting into communities. Crazy. Yeah, it it would be nice just to eliminate some of those by seeing the answers from real people who are actually interested in joining the group for a real reason. And just to emphasize that, I saw that the Donkey and Mule uh, group, Facebook group, <laughs> they've knuckled down on their thing too. And Aww. I was talking with Marlene Quiring about that and she says, yeah, she says they get all all kinds of fake uh, oh. people trying to join so it's a problem oh mm-hmm. well it's going to be a great community where anyone interested in horses and other equines can chat and enjoy being together yeah and that's exactly what it's proving itself to be so far but I want to engage people even more, so i got to hop to it. Yeah, and how can our listeners find this group? Uh, well, go to the Equinely Inclined Facebook page at facebook.com slash equinelyinclined, and there's a Visit Group button under the main image of, at the top of the page. Click on that to begin the join process. Answer the questions, please, and we'll see you on the inside. Mm. And if people are not on Facebook, let us know what your favorite social media platform is. You can reach us by email at podcast at canadaequine.com. Yeah. And you know, speaking of the Facebook page, we always like to welcome our newest visitors to the Equinely Inclined Facebook page. And right now, we would like to give a big welcome to Kat from Michigan. Oh, welcome, Kat. You know, I loved my trip to Michigan. Michigan a few years back. I wish people here could drive the way they do in Michigan. Oh, you've got to elaborate on that. How's that? <laughs> They're, they are just so awesome. I mean, if you're driving on the highway, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. and you want to change lanes, mm-hmm. wherever you are, you yep. want to change lanes, you put on your signal yep. and a hole magically appears. <laughs> I mean, here, you don't want to put on your signal because as soon as you put on your signal, people close the gap. <laughs> Right? Like, it's crazy. And the other thing they do so well is you're supposed to zipper in when there's construction. Oh, yeah. You know, you in, come up like in two lines in. and you weave, take mm-hmm. turns. Mm-hmm. Well, my goodness, these guys have it down to a fine art. Mm. I saw construction up ahead and I thought, oh, here we here go. We're going to be in for a long <laughs> wait. And everybody just lined up in two lines. Yeah. Right? And zip. Yeah, they, they were through in no time. My turn, your turn, my turn, your yeah. turn. Yeah. But people are so considerate on the road. Yeah. It is unbelievable. That's great. Mm-hmm. Now, I hear it's oh, because wow. they actually do some very negative training <laughs> in school on um, what happens when you aren't on vehicle crashes. Oh. I, I actually heard that from a driver trainer. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, yeah, no, they have such an amazing, they have amazingly good drivers there because drivers had, have truly been educated from the ground up, from mm-hmm. from grassroots mm-hmm. on the importance of driving safely. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, but other places won't institute it because they think it's too hard on children to see gory details. Oh. So, yeah, anyway, if that's what it is, and I don't know, this is just what a driver trainer told me, all I know is the folks in Michigan drive amazingly, and there are no speed bumps that I know of Wow, in Michigan. I loved it there. It kind of, your story about uh, that kind of reminds me of the jail thing, the jail TV uh, show that they had, Scared Straight. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, anyway... Amazing drivers in Michigan. Hmm. All right. Well, Diana, our next episode 
um, we do have a, at least a couple more interviews for our listeners, so mm-hmm. we need to keep going. And I know it's getting more difficult to get together as the summer gets yeah. busier. Um, I think we're looking at taking a break in July and August, though, right, Diana? Well, that could very well be. Yeah. I am looking forward to being back at teaching in a big way this summer, and that makes it a busy time for me. I know. Well, it's been difficult enough just to get you last week, so... <laughs> but do you think you're going to be okay for recording uh, this Absolutely. next week? Okay. Awesome. All right. So, listeners, we can't wait to see you in the group so we can be more engaged with you. Go to the page at facebook.com slash equinelyinclined and click on visit group to get started. And by the way, I know I say this every time, (laughs) but I really mean it. If you're one of those horse crazy people or if you know a horse crazy person who doesn't know how to fill that horseless void let us know we want to help you Mm -hmm. and please do find someone new to introduce to the world of horses pony rides (laughs) (laughs) and one last message a heartfelt thank you to all our patrons for their support so until our next episode bye from sylvia schneider and diana belbar and give your horses big hugs for us